1: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Ozaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a new series called The Storyteller. It's the parables of Jesus. As today, Pastor Sean talks about the parable of the talents. The second message in this series is called The Worthless Servant. The servant maybe felt like he was cheated or victimized or maybe not treated equally. The question is, have you ever felt that way? Today's word from Pastor Sean will encourage you to change the way we respond when we feel resentful so that God can grow us into his masterpiece. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give also right there at reallife.org. Pastor Shauna, starting off in Matthew chapter 25. It's time for Radio for Real Life.
2: We are continuing this conversation we started last week called uh, The Storyteller. The Storyteller, because Jesus spoke to them in parables. Those are stories designed to tell a truth. And stories are powerful. They impact us differently. They, they allow us to place ourselves into the story. They speak to us in ways that just facts or statistics really can't. I really enjoy history but I'll be honest with you unless I'm studying for something in particular to, to learn something I don't sit and read history books just bare the way they typically are sometimes for study I'll do that but just for recreational reading but I like biographies because biographies will tell you historical biographies will tell you the the truth of history it'll give you a context but they do in the context of story and you guys enjoy historical novels Historical novels, when they're well written and well researched, they're awesome because they give you the context of history, but they put a story to it. And what's interesting, the reason it's so significant is because something in you remembers it better because it was attached to a story. Because we relate to and attach, connect to stories. Well, that's why Jesus taught in parables. And because we can look at that, we can look at these truths from different angles and they kind of continue to reveal is true. Today we're going to look in Matthew chapter 25. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn there? We're going to see it's kind of a story of a sad servant. Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14. Here's what we read. Jesus says, for it will be like a man going on a journey. What will be like? What will be like? It will be like. Well, what, what are we talking about? Well, it is the kingdom of God. The disciples would ask him, what's it going to be like at your coming, Lord? Kind of the final days. And so he starts telling them about that in Matthew 24, but in Matthew 25 he kind of turns and he just starts talking about the kingdom, because the real answer to that question is what's the kingdom like? The kingdom, his reign, his rule, which is established in the life of his followers and is carried on into eternity. For it, the kingdom, will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted them to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Now, a couple of interesting things. That word talent, just a a sum of money. Actually, a pretty good sum of money. Another translation says bags of gold. So it's a pretty good sum of money. But because we understand this story is about a whole lot more than money, that word talent, which was a financial word, has literally been adopted into our common vernacular. It's where our word talent comes from. Natural abilities, gifts given by God. And I want you to note this phrase He gave to one five, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Make note of that. That's significant. Then he went away. Now he who'd received the five talents went at once and he traded with them and he made five talents more. So also, He who had the two talents made two talents more. So he did the exact same thing. He went and multiplied. They both doubled the resource they'd been given through industrious investment. But he who'd received the one talent, he went and he dug in the ground and he hid his master's money. And that is supposed to shock you. It's kind of like, what? The other two, they did exactly what was expected. They did what any of us would expect and they got good result for their effort. This servant did something totally illogical and kind of counterintuitive. He went and he dug in the ground and he hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. He who received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I've made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had had the two talents came forward, he said, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now he also had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. And you can just imagine, Jesus paints this picture of this kind of, this presentation. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. And understand, this is a question. He said, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. In other words, he said, if you thought that, wouldn't you at least, if you thought that's the type of person I am, and you didn't want to do any work, wouldn't you at least give it to someone, a banker, and let him do some work with it, at least giving me interest? So take the talent from him. He says this to other servants. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For to everyone who has will be given. will more be given, and he'll have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you're like, wow, that's kind of hard. And that phrase, the worthless servant, I want you to know, I looked at different translations for a kinder, gentler translation. There isn't one. The word just means worthless. Because the idea is that this this is a guy who literally diminished his worth by wasting. And it's not about wasting money, it's about wasting a life. It's about wasting a life. This is a story that is absolutely packed with truth. It really is. Some of it's plainly stated, some of it's more subtle. I could honestly teach a whole series on this parable. And just these big ideas that emerge from this story. The first is, is, I I love the first sentence. It says, for he'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. Jesus saying, this is what the kingdom is like. And he says, "Um, the reality is, it's all God's. He's the creator. When we sold ourselves into the slavery of sin, he bought us back, so we're his twice. He made us, and then he redeemed us. His servants, his property. All the stuff we're handling, all the stuff we're working with, all the stuff we're doing... um, Folks, we come in with nothing and we leave with nothing, right? We're his servants. It's his property. He called his servants and his property. And interesting, we note that all are given something, not all are given the same thing. And some of us have been raised to it, well, that's not fair. That's not fair. Everyone should have been given the same amount. And and it's interesting, it says, because it's based on ability. Do you know it it would not be kind nor compassionate for God to give someone something that they cannot handle that would be harmful to them. And that what you can handle today is different than what you could handle 20 years ago. What you could handle 10 years or 20 years from now might be very different than what you can handle today. The master knew his servants and he gave them what they could handle and what they could, his goal was that they would multiply and win. And he gave them what they can handle based on their abilities. We're all given something. We are not all given the same thing. A third reality that's very important, and it's kind of one of the obvious ones of this parable, but it's worth mentioning, obviously, it's that there will be an accounting. There will be an accounting. One day we will give account for what we have done with the life God's given us, what we've done with the resources he's given us, what we've done with the opportunities that he has given us. We will give an accounting one day. And some people go, well, I don't agree with that. I, don't, I, I just don't agree with that. Um, you do know your opinion doesn't change a thing, right? You know, that's why he's God and you're not. Yeah, well, I don't think that's the way it should be. Yeah, it's a bummer you don't get to choose. Because he's your creator. And our opinions don't change that. There will be an accounting. Fourth point that I think is really strong and it's just worth mentioning faithfulness faithfulness yields promotion and reward and it's available to everyone the guy who had two talents and multiplied them got the exact same commendation reward and promotion that the guy who got five talents did you were fa- faithful over little I'm going to make you steward over much and I kept that growth and that multiplication Faithfulness yields promotion and reward. Unfaithfulness, on the other hand, has serious consequences. Unfaithfulness has serious consequences. Because this story isn't about money or talent that's squandered, it's basically about a life squandered. This story is about the tragedy of people squandering the gift of life and the opportunities. That God has put before us now a big question emerges for me as I read this story and I've taught on this before and never really kind of focused in on this particular point but it's a big question that you've got to if you're paying attention when you're listening to the story you've got to ask this question what in the world happened to that third guy what happened to him the quote worthless servant the one who had so diminished himself that the label became the worthless servant some people would look at that and go, oh, that poor guy. He never had a chance. How sad. How sad is that? What happened to that poor guy? Here's the thing. Jesus tells this story very intentionally. Remember this parable is designed to present a truth. And it allows us to look at this, like looking at a, like a gem with different, different angles and different facets and different parts of it. The light changing what we see. That's what this story is like. And this idea of how that servant saw his master is actually the core and the crux of the whole story. We know some things. Jesus very intentionally laid out what this master was like. We know him to be generous, we know him to be joyful, and we know that he wants to advance and reward his servants. That's what the story tells us. It's exactly what, what he is. He is generous, he is joyful, and he wants to advance and reward His servants the question is why did that third servant miss that what was it in him that saw something totally different than the other two saw remember Jesus is intentional in this he intentionally had it be the guy who had one talent who had this twisted perspective what was it is it possible But that's the whole reason he saw his master different? Because he received one talent? Is it possible that he saw one servant get five talents? Or, you know, really we're talking about bags of money to use and invest. He saw one guy get five. And then he saw another get two. And then he's handed one. Is it possible that... When someone is put in that situation, stop and think about you or I put in that situation, might we be tempted to start comparing and complaining? Because that's what we see him do. He starts comparing. It's not fair. They're no better than me. Why should I get less than them? And I think he learned a powerful and a painful lesson that is one of the things we're supposed to see in this story of a life squandered. And here's the big idea, I think. A focus on what you don't have will always distort your view of what you do have.
1: And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church. In this message called The Worthless Servant, the series is called The Storyteller, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, find that tab at reallife.org. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
2: Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.
1: And now back to the message, The Worthless Servant. This is Radio for Real Life.
2: A focus on what you don't have will always distort your view of what you do have. He'd been given a bag of money, a talent is a lot of money. This is not some small little pittance. A talent was a lot of money. So the guy who was given five was given a huge sum of money. The guy who was given two was given a a lot of money. The guy who was given one was given a good nest egg there to begin to invest and use and turn around for the master's business. But it's almost as though he never had any regard. Who takes a bag of money and buries it in the ground? There's a guy in back like, I do don't trust them banks (laughs) but but seriously he was so focused on what he didn't have and on what others had that he never really got a glimpse of what he'd been given and the potential that that had to do good the potential that was sitting in his hand a few things about this that i think are worth noting and it's kind of Point here, first point, the worthless servant didn't see or appreciate what he'd been given. See, he couldn't even see or appreciate what he'd been given. It's like it wasn't there. I want to suggest the more a person nurses feelings of being cheated and entitled, the less they will see the opportunities and the blessings right in front of them. The more we spent, time we spend nursing feelings of, I should have, and I've been cheated, and I didn't get what's mine the less they'll be able to even see the opportunities and blessings right in front of me that is the tragedy of victimization and our culture is running rampant with the idea of victimization and the tragedy is so many people missing out on the opportunities that they have laurie and i were recently in new england and in, we went and did some stuff around there and one of the places we went was plymouth plymouth rock we saw plymouth rock we're in plymouth there and every year there's an annual Thanksgiving celebration at Plymouth, right? And it's a big deal. They have prayed, and it's re- just kind of remembering God's blessings and the help that Native Americans gave to the pilgrims. That's kind of the theme of the Thanksgiving deal. You know, there's costumes, there's a whole thing. And it's kind of a, just a neat remembrance there at Plymouth. Well, they took us, when we were there, we we're on a little tour, and took us a a few hundred yards away to a, a site of a small memorial, kind of another statue, another thing. And it was in 1970 that the Native Americans of New England, it's an association, they began a protest. And they chose to do this protest on Thanksgiving so that every Thanksgiving there are these two groups that converge on Plymouth, Massachusetts. And it's called the Day of Mourning, and it's an annual remembrance of all the injustices that Native Americans have suffered at the hands of the U.S. government in in the United States. And I have to tell you, when I heard this, I was deeply saddened. I was deeply saddened for the participants in that Day of Mourning. Because I know the amazing power of gratitude to transform a life for the better, and the opposite, damaging effects of resentment. Now, I know it's true, there were grave injustices that happened to Native Americans. It's true. There were things that were done that were wrong. But an annual event to remember offenses is ultimately not helpful to those who've suffered injustice. It actually keeps people perpetually enslaved to history's atrocities, and it builds a culture of resentment that can ultimately lead to bitterness. And it becomes a cycle that truly is never-ending. Listen to this quote from a speech from Munanam James. He's one of the co-leaders of the Native Americans of New England. And he did this on the 29th National Day of Mourning, Thanksgiving Day, in 1998. He said this, he said, Some will ask us, will you ever stop protesting? Someday we will stop protesting. We'll stop protesting when the merchants of Plymouth are no longer making millions of dollars off the blood of our slaughtered ancestors. Well, are you sure none of those merchants are Native American? We will stop protesting when we can act as as sovereign nations on our own land without the interference, interference of the Bureau of Indian Affairs and what Sitting Bull called the favorite ration chiefs. When corporations stop polluting our mother, the earth, when racism has been eradicated, when the oppression of two-spirited people is a thing of the past, we will stop protesting when homeless people have homes and no child goes to bed hungry. When police brutality no longer exists in communities of color. We will stop protesting when Leonard Peltier and Mumia Abu-Jamal and the Puerto Rican independistas and all the political prisoners are free. Until then, the struggle will continue. In other words, we're never going to stop protesting. Because, folks, people are sinful. the Bible makes it crystal clear. And what started as protesting and remembering one offense is now piled on. And as long as we live in a world full of sinful and offensive people, every day, every year on Thanksgiving, instead of being thankful, there will be people who will remember all the injustices that they and others have suffered. See, the problem is we live in a sinful world full of injustice. Listen carefully here. If any of us, and I want you to hear this, if any of us go back far enough in our own history, we'll find ancestors who were victims of injustice and then we will find ourselves entitled to resentment. Think about it. I mean, for example, if you go back to the, in the history of England, it's a story of conquest and assimilation. The Romans conquered the Britons. The Anglo-Saxons, which were North European Germanic tribes, conquered the Roman Britons. The Viking invasions took over large parts of Great Britain from the Anglo-Saxons. The history of the U.K. is literally a patchwork of conquest and assimilation, as is the history of so many nations around the world. The U.S. is no different. I mean, when we stop and think about it, do we really think Native Americans kind of sprung up from the ground here and always lived here? I mean, no, they emigrated from Asia. As they formed into tribes, they fought with each other for territory and resources. Some tribes were assimilated into others as they were defeated. Some went extinct. Some grew stronger and more dominant. Actually, the history of the Comanche tribe is really fascinating because of the way they grew to dominance over other tribes through a technology they acquired from the Spaniards. You know what that was? The horse. It was a horse. They utilized the horse earlier and better than others, and they grew to dominance because of that. Of course, Europeans came along, and they were, at the time, the most technologically advanced tribe to come. See, all these and other conquests from around the world involve violence, they involve torture, they involve slavery, and other serious injustice. Sadly, this is what it means to live in a fallen, sinful world. And the point is, if you want to define yourself by offense or by slight, you can find a reason. If you're here, and your ancestors suffered under the injustice of slavery in the United States. You have a choice to make. While many voices will call for you to define yourself by a historical injustice, I'd invite you to choose instead the life-giving perspective of gratitude. Your ancestors truly did experience a horrible injustice. But because of their suffering, you grew up in one of the greatest centers of prosperity and opportunity In world history. You enjoyed access to resources, education, opportunity that others around the world only dream of. You might have been spared apartheid in South Africa or famine in Somalia, the genocide in Rwanda, or even the present-day terror of Boko Haram in North Africa. See, we all have a choice to make, don't we? Any one of us can find a reason to be resentful, I promise you maybe your parents favored a sibling maybe you were passed over for scholarship or promotion only to see it go to someone with less talent and who didn't work as hard as you did maybe you're paid less than what you should be maybe you've been ignored disregarded or shut out you have a choice to make we all can find reasons for resentment but they are never helpful, and they always close our eyes to the gifts and opportunities right in front of us. Listen to this passage, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Listen, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know that call was made to Christians during, under the Roman Empire. They'd been persecuted, they'd been dispersed. And they were entering into an age when they would end up in the Colosseum being executed for entertainment. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, here's the thing. God has given you, God has given you gifts, talents, and opportunities. Every person in here. God has given you gifts, talents, and opportunities. Say that with me. Gifts, talents, and opportunities. Here's what I want you to do. And I don't do this. If you're a guest, I hate this when pastors do this, but I'm going to do it this one time. Indulge me, okay? There's a reason, okay? Turn to someone and say to them, God has given you gifts, talents, and opportunities. Go. Awesome. Okay, here's the deal. Maybe you'll believe them, because I know you don't believe me. Maybe you'll believe them. He has given you gifts, talents, and opportunities. And my question is, what are you doing with them?
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The Worthless Servant in the series, The Storyteller, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, look for the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.